0: Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. When we look at the law of the Gospel, or how we should live out the Gospel, of course we think first on the commandments. But in reality, the first thing that pops up in the Catechism, and if we take a serious look at the teachings of Christ in the Gospel, are the Beatitudes. So we will look at the Beatitudes in general today, and then we'll look at them more in detail in upcoming episodes. So first of all, I will read to you the text itself from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. You've heard it already, but it's one of those things that will always benefit from hearing it again, because it's the Word of God Himself. So here it goes. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So the Beatitudes are at the heart of the gospel. They were delivered by Jesus within the Sermon of the Mount, which is like a central part of the gospel itself. So to give you a little context, Jesus began his public ministry around uh, the, year, the age of 30, and he began teaching in the different towns of Galilee. And when he sees the crowds coming to him, he goes up a mountain Or, uh, if you want, it's like an elevated area, and delivers several teachings, which are all recorded in chapters 5, 6, and 7 of St. Matthew. That Sermon on the Mount, in which we found several aspects of the teachings of Christ. And it begins with the Beatitudes. Now, the first important thing that I would uh, like to highlight is that just as Uh, Moses in the Old Testament went up Mount Sinai to receive the law of God, the commandments, and then deliver them to the people of Israel. So Jesus goes up a mountain as well, not to receive from God, because he is God, but to deliver to the people the new law, the law of grace, the law of the gospel, which will be inscribed in our hearts. As uh, Pope St. Leo the Great says in a sermon on the Beatitudes, from the height of this mystical sight, he then instructed them in the loftiest doctrines, suggesting both by the very nature of the place and by what he was doing, that it was he who long ago, in the Old Testament, had honored Moses by speaking to him. At that time, his words showed a terrifying justice. But now they reveal a sacred compassion. And so it was that he, that is God, who had spoken to Moses, spoke also to the apostles. And this was not done as formerly in the midst of dense clouds, amid terrifying sounds and lightning, so that the people were frightened and they were frightened from approaching the mountain. Instead, here there was a peaceful discourse which clearly reached the ears of all who stood nearby, so that the harshness of the law might be softened by the gentleness of grace, and the spirit of adoption might dispel the terror of slavery. So, up to there, Pope Leo the Great. So let us keep uh, looking at what are these Beatitudes. The name Beatitudes comes from the first word of each of the eight sentences of Christ. Blessed are the poor in spirit, etc. The Latin uh, version of the same Beatitudes reads Beati pauperes spiritu. Blessed be the poor in spirit. So the word blessed in Latin is Beati. And from there comes the English term, beatitudes. But what does being blessed mean within this context, right? Uh, so before we look at the meaning it has in the gospel, let's look first at the secular perspective. Uh, people typically consider themselves blessed when things go well from a human perspective, when we're at peace, we have enough resources or wealth when we are healthy and have been successful in most aspects of life, then we say, we have been blessed. However, in the gospel, our Lord seems to have another criteria of thought. Blessed, in this case, means to be favored by God, to be loved by God. And we could also say or add that blessed means that those who embrace these uh, attitudes will be able to obtain the happiness of heaven in the life to come, the complete fulfillment of our being, which we will obtain when we see God. However, uh, I think there's an added element in the Lord's Beatitudes to these things that we just said. Not only will we be joyful in heaven and the life to come, but also those who live by these Beatitudes or Uh, these virtues, these uh, attitudes that we can take on, virtuous attitudes that we take on, they begin to be blessed in this world because we start to participate already in this life of that union, that love of God, which alone can fulfill our hearts. So the eight beatitudes are like uh, characteristics, right? So attitudes, virtues. We could even say... There are qualities or situations that the disciple of Christ should have or sometimes even endure, like the persecutions. We could say that they are a description of Jesus Christ himself, who is the epitome, the fulfillment of those Beatitudes. So the Beatitudes kind of describe Jesus Christ and present him as our role model. In a sense... They're like the summary of the spirit of the gospel. The spirit of the gospel as opposed to the spirit of the world, which could be summarized in the woes that St. Luke adds at the end of his, his own list of the Beatitudes, right, in the gospel of St. Luke. Uh, to those who embrace the attitudes that Christ uh, speaks about, they are blessed, right? Jesus promises the kingdom of heaven in its different aspects but to those who embrace the opposite ideal or the opposite spirit, he says, woe to you. Right? To them, he does not promise heaven. On the contrary, he seems to be saying, you have already have had your reward in this world, so you do not deserve a reward in the next. So those, were, those woes are listed in Luke chapter 6, verse 24. There, after mentioning the Beatitudes in a kind of a summarized way, Jesus addresses those who oppose the gospel, or in other words, those who embrace the spirit of the world, the spirit of the worldly world, we could say. So I will read it, I will read those woes, right? Chapter 6 of St. Luke, verse 24. But woe to you who are rich, For you have received your consolation. But woe to you who are filled now. For you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now. For you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you. For their ancestors treated the false prophets in this same way. So, you can notice that there's like an opposition, almost a paradox. If we look at what people in society typically prefer to have, or if we look at what people consider as a source of happiness, we'd realize that what Jesus says is contrary to what we tend to think. The Beatitudes are sort of uh, counter-cultural. But what happens is that the Lord knows that our true lasting happiness is not in this world. Nor does it depend on the possession of the things of this passing, this material life. But he knows, I say knows because he is God, he knows that our happiness will only be in heaven when we truly possess God firmly and definitively. This is why the Beatitudes sound so harsh to our ears and they will always sound harsh to the ears of the worldly world. But still, they are taught by the truth, by the God made man, by Jesus Christ. So he cannot make mistakes. So another final element to take into consideration uh, regarding these Beatitudes is that while the commandments in most cases clearly teach us what we shouldn't do, right? They teach kind of what is the moral bottom line to enter heaven, so to speak you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not uh, bear false, w- false witness, etc. On the other hand, the Beatitudes point to the ideal. To they, they point to the path to follow, the spirit with which we should try to live in this world. So in that sense, we might not be able to attain the perfection of every Beatitude. Because that's not the idea. The, the, the idea is that we should always continue to have them as our ideal as our goal, as our path to follow, and always be in the, like, walking toward them, right? Aiming at them, seeking to obtain the perfection of those beatitudes. It's a, it's a plan of perfection, we could say. And if we do this, Christ promises us a true happiness, true lasting joy, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, both in this world, but moreover, in the world to come. In eternal life. In a word, if you have the Beatitudes as your rule of life, Jesus promises you heaven. As St. Leo the Great said in that same sermon I quoted before, we read, Concerning the content of Christ's teaching in the Beatitudes, his own sacred words bear witness. Thus, whoever longs to attain eternal blessedness can now recognize the step that lead to that lofty happiness I'm to their saint leo the great so this happiness is something we all desire it is written in the depths of every human heart even if some people try to deny it or think they really don't desire happiness we all desire to be happy to be joyful to be fulfilled because god put that desire there in our hearts, in our nature, so as to draw us to himself. So in every human heart, there's a natural God-given desire to be happy. And that desire draws us toward God. In a word, uh, we could say that all we all desire to see and to love God. As St. Augustus said in his Confessions, chapter, or book one, chapter one, you have made us, O Lord, for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So, in the upcoming uh, couple of episodes, uh, I hope to interview a couple of people uh, and discuss the Beatitudes with them individually so we can grasp a bit more what they mean and how we could try to live them out in our daily life. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember um, to look into the Kindle Conference for Young Adults that we're going to have this year in DeWitt, Michigan, near Lansing, from September 29th through October 1st. This year's uh, theme will be the Holy Eucharist, Sacrament of Love. So remember, it's a conference where there's formation, there's uh, spiritual formation, doctrinal formation, or uh, intellectual, let's say, teaching. But also, uh, we will have time of uh, fellowship and sharing. For more information and to register, please click on the link that is in in the show notes of this episode below. I hope to see you next time. May God bless your day.